Hi, everybody. I am Amanda Gazzola, and this is the Health and Guelph podcast where stronger meets community because we are stronger together. Every episode, I get to interview different professionals in the Guelph community and talk about mental health, body health, fitness, as well as learn about who they are, their journeys, and just get raw and real. So get ready to get connected, inspired, and simply just feel good because we are all stronger together. Hello, strong friends, and welcome back to another episode of Health in Guelph. I'm your host here, Amanda Gazzola. Today, we have a very special episode. I never thought this day would ever come. I never even imagined it and never pictured it, but man, am I feeling so good and feeling so humbled to be able to represent Guelph because we had the leader of the Ontario Green Party, the MPP for Guelph. He is the first Green MPP to be elected in the Ontario Legislature in 2018. We have Mike Schreiner. This episode is a really special one because they reached out to me because we have a new mental health plan and he is trying to get this into action because it is so important because obviously everything stems from somewhere when you are passionate about something. We also talked about how he became involved in politics. I asked, what's it like representing Guelph at Queen's Park, his vision for Guelph and Ontario, and what's it like being the first ever Green MPP in Ontario and to the reflections on the past four years as you can imagine, it's been probably a crazy ride since we've been in a, a pandemic for a few of them. So this episode is a very special one. I really, truly hope that you enjoy it. And if you have any questions, concerns, and want to know more about the plan that he is representing for the mental health plan, it's all going to be in the show notes. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Health and Well podcast. Oh my goodness, this is a really special one. I have our MPP, Mike Schreiner, on the podcast today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks, Amanda. It is an honor to join you. And I'm just really excited. The topic uh, of this podcast and the work you're doing, I think it's just fantastic for Guelph. So congratulations. Thank you. Well, it also starts from somewhere. I wanted to find a way to give back to the community after I got so much help in regards to my journey, uh, just through infertility and through the pandemic. And this is uh, a really special topic that we're going to be hitting up, up today, which is uh, mental health. So let's give people, let's start somewhere. So what's your, I mean, a lot of people probably know who you are, but for the people that don't know who you are, can you please uh, let us know? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm the MPP for Guelph and the leader of the Ontario Green Party. And, you know, I prior to going into politics, I started a couple of food businesses in Guelph uh, to bring local organic food to people's homes and was also active in the nonprofit sector as well, uh, connecting mostly in the local food space, uh, but also just being serving on the board and, and other, you know, community organizations in Guelph. And so to make the transition of being a business owner and a community builder, um, it's just an honor to be able to be Guelph's voice at Queen's Park right now. Uh, and we are truly honored to have you represent um, as you're doing such a wonderful job. Just like looking back a little bit deeper, I, you grew up on a farm. And so I, it's always been instilled in you, it seems like. <laughs> I did. So I, I grew up on a farm in rural Western Kansas, and I, I moved to Ontario for love in 1995 and just 
fell in love with this place. I think Ontario is just a beautiful, beautiful province full of fantastic people. And when I first moved here, I was talking to people about the fact that I grew up on a farm and I wanted to start a food business to support local food and farmers. And everyone said, you have to go to Guelph. And yeah. <laughs> I went to the Guelph Organic Food Conference at the University of Guelph and made some connections there that ultimately led to me starting my first local food business. But I would say my growing up on a farm really connected me with nature. I mean, I grew up hiking, fishing, hunting. Um, we raised animals on our farm and my parents really instilled a sense of um, caring for the place I live and, and our farm but also caring for the little tiny community I grew up in. Uh, and that's Guelph, right? In a nutshell right there. That's like the heart of what we love to do and represent, and especially with the locals and the local businesses. So it's like it was meant to be you coming all the way this way to Guelph, Ontario. That's awesome. And so how did this all become a part of your politics and getting involved in it? Yeah, you know, I've always been interested in politics and anybody who grew up on a farm will understand this. <laughs> Back when I was a kid, uh, I, my dad would put me on a tractor, you know, early in the morning and come pick me up late at night. And we didn't have a radio or anything like that on our tractor. So it was kind of boring driving around in a circle all day. And so I would pretend to give political speeches, which probably makes me sound like a bit of a strange young person. Uh, but I, so I've always loved politics and very, very interested in politics, but I became a bit disillusioned with mainstream electoral politics uh, because I didn't feel like politics was addressing some of the big challenges we face. I felt like big money had too important of a role in politics. And so that was why I decided to start one of Ontario's local organic food businesses. Cause I thought, you know what, I can make a difference in my community. I can, you know, create a greener, more caring um, community through my work as an entrepreneur and while I love that work and I love the work I've done with so many nonprofit organizations, I also recognize their sort of limitations uh, to what the change that you can make uh, in that way and realize just how important government policy is. And so three of the big issues that really drive my interest in politics are addressing the climate environmental crisis, um, addressing uh, just social justice issues, particularly the rising levels of income and racial inequality in our society, and really working hard to improve our democracy and the way we do politics. And in the early mid 2000s, um, I felt like the Green Party was the party that was really addressing those three concerns with bold new ideas and values that really represented mine. And while it was a small party that you know hadn't elected anybody, I thought I could try bringing my entrepreneurial spirit uh, to building the party. And, you know, that that's what I've done first as a volunteer and then as, then as a leader and, and now as an elected MPP. I think there's honestly something to be said about how it all fell for you. I think, you know, growing up on a farm, having your parents instill all this knowledge about, you know, working hard at, and providing and then understanding the business sector of entrepreneurship, the passion that drives through you. And then, yeah, then the next part of the connection of like, how can I really take this to the next level? I think all that really does really bring out, you know, what you represent, what the Green Party represents. And I really, that's why you're such a great representative for Guelph. So I just had to put that all together because just being a small business owner and just understanding the 
the values and really understanding your values and connecting with them and then driving them is is something that's really hard to understand until you start going through it. So thank you so much for that. Um, so that come the next part of, you know, the mental health part, how does that fit in for you? Because, you know, it is something that we've been trying to strive for for such a long time and that people say that they don't feel seen and heard. And there's a lot of um, stuff and emotions that are coming up these days, especially in the past couple of years, but in the past like 10 years, um, how is all this like falling for you for how you're wanting to represent that next big piece then for people to feel that way? Cause I feel that there's a lot of emotion that's happening right now uh, for that. Yeah, you know, it's such a great question, especially after two years of living in a global pandemic and and now with just this tragic, um, senseless war uh, that's happening because of Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Um, it's a very challenging time, I think, for people's mental health and, and well-being. And I've had family members who've had, you know, serious mental health challenges. And so working on this issue is really personal for me. But I'll have to tell you, Amanda, there's a story from the last provincial election that, that I want to share that really, really inspired me to take up this cause. Uh, I was just walking downtown Guelph with a few, you know, volunteers, and we were campaigning and just talking to people and asking them how they were doing and what issues they were concerned about. And there was this young man who said to me when I asked him how he was doing, he said, well, I'm doing better today. Uh, because I was able to access uh, a mental health crisis worker uh, yesterday, and I've you know started getting access to supports, but it would have been really helpful eight months ago uh, when you know I was first like thinking of committing suicide and and was trying to get help uh, for for suicide prevention, and and you know it would have been nice if I'd had that help eight months ago. And then I learned that the, you know, wait times for youth access to mental health services can be up to 2.5 years. And then we have 28,000 young people in this province on, on a wait list to access mental health services. Uh, and so I just thought, you know what, we have to address this crisis. We have to have policies in place that do it. And so I was really proud of our, our the Ontario Greens 2018 election platform really put a strong emphasis on addressing the mental health crisis. And we just released our, our standalone platform. And we're the first party in Ontario's history to release a mental health uh, strategy. Uh, and I'm really proud of that. And really at the, at the base of it is just ensuring that people have equitable and affordable access to comprehensive mental health services and supports that with a strong emphasis on um, prevention. Um, I'm always thinking of a quote from uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu that, you know, uh, that there comes a point where we need to just stop pulling people out of the river and we need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. And, and so those upstream solutions around, you know, creating a community that's connected and inclusive um, that has access to nature and parks and trails that ensures that everyone has an affordable place to call home that doesn't treat substance use as a criminal justice issue, but as a health issue, a community that recognizes that mental health is health. You know, that's a big part of 
you know, preventing illness and promoting uh, mental health and well-being. Uh, but we also then need to make sure that when people do need access to mental health supports and services, that they're affordable, they're accessible, and they're comprehensive, which is why I'm really proud that we're proposing to expand uh, more mental health services available through OHIP. If mental health is health, then, you know, like our health system should be providing funding for those services and also increasing funding for just all the great community-based uh, mental health organizations. Um, you know, I think of the youth wellness hubs, I think of Compass, I think of Canadian Mental Health Association, I think, you know, the work through our Guelph family health teams, for example. Um, there's so many fantastic community-based mental health organizations uh, in our community. And oftentimes they don't have the financial resources to provide the level of service that that, that they want to provide and that there's demand for. And so making sure those resources are in place uh, to help people in our community, I think is really important. I couldn't agree with you more. I do have a question in regards to all the awesome things you just said is one of the, from all the interviews that I've been doing and all the research that I've been a part of, how is it possible for, you know, we, we need the mental health aspect to help individuals, but then you have the professionals that also need the help too, because they, they're at more of, they're at an all-time high for helping the, helping the community out. Like for instance, um, a lot of therapists are helping people through their postpartum period because they're, they had a lot of stuff happen during their pregnancy. And then you have the nurses that are really struggling because they've been, you know, had an influx of people coming to the hospital and they need support too. So a lot of the, the mental health professionals and the health professionals need the help too. So how are you going to help in regards to all of that? And I know it's a big loaded question, but it's just like kind of finding to know that there is a solution and they, those people are being thought of as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you how many therapists in particular who have told me, you know, we need access to more mental yes. health services and supports because we're dealing with so many um, people who have, you know, significant mental health challenges and are reaching out to us needing support right now. And you're right. I can't tell you how many uh, frontline healthcare workers, nurses, PSWs, other frontline healthcare workers who really experienced a lot of trauma in some cases are, yes. you know, experiencing PTSD after all, you know, the work they've done in our long-term care homes. That they've and seen and been through. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of the reasons I'm so pushing so hard on the provincial government to revoke uh, what's known as bill 124, which caps total compensation for public sector workers at 1%. I mean, at a time when inflation's at 5%, you know, capping your wage growth at 1% um, adds a lot of economic stress for people. But what doesn't get talked about enough is that's total compensation. So that means things like people's mental health benefits for nurses and PSWs and frontline workers who, you know, do have benefits, um, it caps their total benefit compensation. So they're not able to, you know, be able to afford uh, mental health services and supports through their, through their insurance benefits. So that's one of the reasons I'm really pushing hard for the government to change course on Bill 124. Nice. But it's also why I'm really pushing hard for expanded uh, mental health supports and services that are covered under OHIP. Um, you know, we oftentimes say mental health is health. We're working so hard to destigmatize uh, mental health. Uh, but one way to really show that is to make sure 
those supports are funded. I mean, can you imagine if you showed up at hospital and you had a broken arm and you were told, oh, you know, we really want to take care of you, but you're going to have to wait, you know, I don't know, three months to, you know, for us to be able to, to help you like that, that just would be unacceptable. It'd be absurd to think of it. Um, but oftentimes for people accessing uh, mental health supports and services, you know, those are the kinds of wait times they're experiencing, uh, mm-hmm. especially if they want to access services that are covered by OHIP. Exactly, exactly. And I, I've been seeing it and hearing it even through family members as well. So it is nice to see that there's a lot of thought that's being put into how you're going to be able to change the course of action of what's currently happening. So definitely really appreciative of that. And I also have to say, because that was one of my questions that it all comes from somewhere at the end of the day of why people are so passionate about why they do what they do. And it, to know that like we're not alone, that you're feeling the same effects that we're feeling because in the, in the end, it's about humanizing and making people feel seen and heard and because it comes from somewhere. So thank you for also saying that because it is important. Um, so what is it like uh, representing Guelph at Queen's Park? What does that feel like for you? Well, I just say it's such an honor and, um, you know, to be able to listen to people in Guelph and to understand what issues people are concerned about and bring that voice to Queens park and, and, you know, really, really um, fight for Guelph and for the people of Guelph, you know, it's just, I feel a privilege. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've really learned in this job is that, you know, there's a lot of the work you do where you, you know, maybe it's a little more public where you're being seen debating in the legislature or doing media interviews but a really important part of the job is just some of the conversations that happen um, with ministers or in the hallway with other members talking about, you know, like securing funding for the youth wellness hub in Guelph, which I'm really proud of, or, you know, we've been able to secure some additional funding for the university of Guelph uh, support for our, for our impact uh, response team uh, working really hard on the funding to electrify Guelph's bus fleet working with provincial and federal funds to do that. Uh, An issue that I worked on really hard before I was elected is I spent almost a decade uh, fighting to protect Guelph's drinking water from the Dole Lime Quarry and to now, you know, have the provincial rules in place, working with city council and city staff and making sure we have the provincial rules now that will protect Guelph's drinking water and will have shut the quarry down. You know, I just like to go from kind of being, you know, an organizer and a bit of an activist in the community and then see us successfully um, address that issue as an MPP. Like those types of efforts just are, are just so rewarding. And then another part of the job that doesn't get talked about a lot is just the work that MPPs do in their constituency offices. So that's where individuals or families may come in and you know, they're, they, they have a challenge, you know, maybe accessing healthcare services or something through Service Ontario or helping get their parent into long-term care, or, geez, affordable housing. Let's talk about affordable housing <laughs> at some point in this conversation. Oh, yeah, so finding I, an definitely. affordable place to call home and being able to help those individuals and to know you've made a real difference in their lives is so rewarding. I can't tell you how many businesses, for example, and you know, I'm a huge champion of small businesses in Guelph. So many small businesses struggling to get through COVID. And when the government announced the provincial government, the Ontario uh, Small Business Support Grant, 
Um, there were just so many complications with the rollout of that program and to be able to individually help, you know, so many small businesses access the funding that's helped them, you know, stay alive through the pandemic. Though that type of work in your constituency office, you know, it doesn't get talked about in the headlines or anything like that, but it's incredibly rewarding. And I just have an amazing team that, that works in my office and we really, really emphasize um, service to the community. And, and I'm proud of the work that, you know, we've done as a team uh, to help people and businesses in Guelph. Thank you for sharing that because as a person that's an outsider and, and having the privilege to talk to you, it's nice to see and hear you talk about those things because sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So yeah, behind the scenes of like how you guys all work together and how you know, it, how many processes you have to go through. Sometimes you just don't see, we don't get to see it, but I had the privilege of looking on your Instagram and having to look on your Facebook and you are so active in all of that. So it's, you get to see a little bit of behind the scenes of what you do going around the community, you know, what you're, what, where you are today, you're all around by all the, by all the, I'm like wondering when you sleep and whatnot, but you go all the way around the GTA and it's really cool. So I do think that it is important that you do talk about that because sometimes you just have this image in your mind of what you think is happening. And it, it's like not even, it's not even close to the truth. So thank you for also mentioning that because I'm sure I'm not the only person that has pondered those thoughts and whatnot. But yeah, let's go into the affordable housing and what that looks like, because everything feels way beyond comprehension now where it just feels like it's like, what's the point anymore? You know, your hands are just up in the air. And it's like, I surrender. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, there are just so many people just wondering if they'll ever be able to afford to own a home. Yeah. And, you know, equal number of people just struggling to be able to pay the rent each month. And, you know, unfortunately, we're, we, you know, we have a number of people who are sleeping rough and who are homeless in Guelph. And so we need to, you know, deliver solutions all along that continuum, you know, seniors who want to downsize, young families who want to upsize, people who are looking to purchase their first home, people desperately needing to rent a, a home. And I'm really proud of the uh, housing affordability strategy the Ontario Greens put out last June, uh, which some media outlets have described as a masterclass plan in addressing the affordability crisis. Uh, and it's really talking about how we can work with the private sector to increase housing supply in a way that doesn't pave over the farmland that feeds us or the wetlands that clean our drinking water and protect us from mm -hmm. flooding. But it also talks about how um, the government and the public sector needs to step up. Most of the deeply affordable housing that's been built in Ontario was built here in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And then in the 1990s, the provincial and federal governments got out of um, the housing game. And, you know, and the affordability crisis has been getting worse ever since then. There were times back in the 70s and 80s where sometimes as many as 20% of the new housing starts were publicly funded and supported nonprofit co-op and social housing. And so we're proposing that the government get back into providing that kind of funding. Uh, we're proposing to build 160,000 um, deeply affordable housing spaces over the next decade in Ontario with 60,000 of them being uh, permanent supportive housing with wraparound mental health and addiction and other supports and services. Nice really to address particularly people who are experiencing chronic homelessness. And I can't tell you how many mental health organizations 
when we consulted with them on our mental health strategy said, we need permanent supportive housing. And I'm really proud of, if I could just step away from our plan, I'm really proud of the work that's being done in Guelph for all three levels of government. So the mayor, our MP, myself, um, anti-poverty groups, social service groups, private sector developers, uh, nonprofit organizations, we've all come together to develop a strategy to really uh, eliminate homelessness in Guelph through permanent supportive housing projects. And we're so very close to having them funded and off the ground. And I think it really shows what a community can accomplish when we all come together to work on a goal and that we get the supports we need from all three levels of government, because it is going to take collaboration from all three levels of government to really address the housing crisis. And I just want to close by saying that I'm super excited, and I know so many people in Guelph are, there's a lot of creative solutions we have around helping people build and, and convert uh, homes into duplexes and triplexes and quadplexes. Mm -hmm. So we can increase density, but do it in a way that it's not tall or sprawl, that's like gentle density. There's a lot of um, good work. I mean, there's projects happening in the ward and uh, along Gordon Street and other places in the East End and, the, and in the West End both um, to develop missing, missing middle. So like, you know, four to six story, uh, type multi-residential apartment or condominium projects. So all ways that we can increase the supply of housing. So, uh, to help address the affordability issue and just assure that people have a place, but to do it in a way that doesn't require us to, like I said, pave over farmland and wetlands and green space and natural heritage. Uh, because I can tell you the pandemic, I think, is really highlighted. And certainly a lot of the conversations around the climate crisis has highlighted just how important access to nature is uh, from our, for our own mental health and well-being, but also to help protect us from the extreme weather events we're seeing, especially flooding events, uh, where we need nature to help defend us uh, from those climate impacts. Oh my goodness. You said so many things there that I just like, was like, yes, 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 exactly. And I think all of us know too well that there's been such a difference in the, what we see, especially when it comes to the climate change, the flooding and yeah, it's nice to see that you guys are really coming together. And I thought that was really nice that you're saying like, because one of the questions I did have, I asked is when, what's one thing you wanted to debunk about your profession sure. and it was like that the politicians that politicians can't work together you wanted to debunk that so all of the, the just to say that there is something to be said that there is like that community that does come together when you really want to work towards something that's really important especially with, with the crises that we're uh, seeing right now yeah absolutely so man i think one of the things i campaigned on and i think one of the things that really attracted people to vote for me in the last election was a promise to do politics differently and to work across party lines and to bring a collaborative and cooperative spirit to politics. I really get tired of politicians who just look at the other parties and say everything they do is wrong and we're the only ones mm -hmm. who are doing it right. And, and, and I just I see how um, how bad that type of politics, that hyper 
partisan politics um, in the U.S. And I don't want to see more of it in Canada, though, unfortunately, we're seeing more of that. But I think I've shown that you can be critical of government. I mean, that's one of the jobs of an opposition party, but also figure out ways to work with government. And so I'm really proud I uh, co-sponsored a bill with a conservative member uh, to help protect electric vehicle drivers, which, you know, I know is something my constituents in Guelph want. And, you know, at the time I was being very critical of the current Ford government dismantling a lot of climate action plans, a lot of environmental protections. But I thought, hey, here's a way I can work with the conservative government to make things a little better for electric vehicle drivers. So why wouldn't I do that? And some of the other opposition parties gave me a rough time. Like, why are you working with them? Is that just greenwashing? And I'm like, no, I can be critical, you know, and and work with them at the same time. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that uh, I helped organize uh, and bring forward the first bill in Ontario's history that was co-sponsored by all four parties in the legislature, a bill to declare the month of August as Emancipation Month in honor of Emancipation Day on August 1st. And, um, and just to really create another opportunity to, you know, just highlight the tremendous courage and struggles that freedom fighters engaged in to eliminate slavery in the British Empire and just to continue the hard work of you know, dismantling the ways in which systemic racism still exists in our society as a legacy uh, of that time in our history. And, and to get all four parties to work together on that it meant a lot to me. And I know it meant a lot to Emancipation Month Canada who approached me and said, you know, we've been told that if there's one person at Queen's Park who can get all four parties to work together, you're the person. And I'm really proud that I've, I've earned that reputation. And I think that reputation really reflects the kind of community Guelph is. And one of the reasons I love living in Guelph. Oh, that's uh, you said it perfectly right there. And it's something that like, again, it just shows why you're so different and why you stand out and why that, you know, you know, sometimes you have to do things like within reason to work with other people. And then sometimes you fight for what you believe in. And you're, it's a good balance to have both because again, it's every uh, too much of something, too much of something is never good. Right. And too, so there's something to be said, and that's where it's going to lead me to my like next question because it just kind of finishes off with what you just said your vision for Guelph and Ontario what is that what does it look like for what you see yeah well one I think Guelph's values we need to spread them across Ontario I would say I, I one of the things I love about Guelph is Guelph is one of the greenest most caring places I've I've ever lived well it is the most green and caring place I've ever lived. And, and I would argue that's the kind of Ontario that I want to see. And so, you know, it means making the investments in our, our public services so people can have an affordable place to call home so we can make sure that mental health services and supports are available and accessible to people, that we can ensure that our healthcare system is adequately funded and we have the capacity uh, to make sure we can care for people and that we make sure we care uh, and compensate the people who care for us and our loved ones. Uh, and then we also need to really, you know, I think um, build success in the new climate economy. If you look at where the fastest growing job markets are around the world, it's in clean tech innovation, renewable energy, um, water conservation, uh, biosciences and digital technology, bioproducts. And um, 
Guelph is already positioned as a leader in many of those fields, but I think Ontario is perfectly positioned to be a global leader in the new climate economy, to create new careers and better jobs for people, to ensure that we generate the prosperity we need, to fund our public services, such as you know affordable education, um, healthcare, better childcare, child care, uh, mental yeah. health <laughs> services. Uh, and so ensuring that you know we... We, we position ourselves to be a global leader in the new climate economy. And then we then, the prosperity generated from that, we reinvest in caring communities. I love it. I love it. Um, I just wanted to say, like, before we end off is like, you know, how do you feel about being the first ever green MPP in Ontario? And how has, how, like, what's your reflections of like what life has been like for the past four years? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, it was, it was a real honor to, to make history. But, you know, that, that honor really belongs to the people of Guelph who voted for me and whose values, I think, are reflected in, in the Ontario Green Party. And, you know, it, it was it, it did mean a lot to make history. I mean, I'm the first time a fourth party has been elected to the Ontario legislature since the 1940s. And I just think Guelph has led the way on so many things. And now Guelph's leading the way on, you know, building a greener, more caring uh, Ontario. And I think that's reflected in, you know, the choices the people of Guelph made in the 2018 election. And, you know, I've just done, you know, I've just gone to Queens Park, worked really hard to fulfill the campaign promises I made uh, to really reflect Guelph's voice in the legislature and to ensure that myself, my team, my office is there to serve the people of Guelph, period, to always fight for Guelph. And so I always tell people that, you know, my first priority is to be Guelph's voice at Queens Park and to provide the kind of service my constituents want. My, my second is to be a really good MPP and to just model a new way of doing politics to benefit every riding in the province. And then finally to, you know, be, be a new voice offering new solutions to old problems in ways that benefit everyone in Ontario and that really put people before politics and partisan self-interest and all of that. I'm really just about, you know, let's, let's get things done. Let's work together as much as we can to get those things done. And who would have ever known, like, I, you know, I think the, you know, the most unexpected thing in my time at Queens Park is just two years of a global pandemic and, and just how much that's changed the job in so many ways and changed the way Queens Park works. Yeah. But I, what did I pivoting say, have to yeah. look like for you? <laughs> Pardon? I, sorry to interrupt. What did the, how did you have to pivot through that? Just to give us a bird's eye view of what that looked like. Yeah, you know, so a, a big shift was obviously moving everything online, which I know many people uh, have experienced, though I will have to say that that's much easier than the people who couldn't work from home or couldn't work from online and went into work every single day. And just all those frontline workers, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and, you know, so, so, so a big shift was moving things online and then just a lot more work. Um, really focused on helping individuals and organizations and businesses uh, in our community navigate the pandemic, get the supports they need, advocate for the supports they need, uh, make sure that we're all aligned. So we did a lot of work, um, particularly with the mayor and the MP and myself, 
and various community and healthcare leaders to, you know, make sure our community was coming together uh, to address this challenge. And I would say Guelph, I mean, Guelph led the way, like, and Dr. Mercer deserves a lot of credit for this, our Chief Medical Officer of Health. Uh, you know, we're the first to bring in a mask mandate. We, we were the first city in North America to hit 90% of people vaccinated. Um, there were so many, or like just citizens that came up like Guelph Cares that organized ways of supporting uh, people to help them get through the pandemic. Uh, there's just so many ways in which um, Guelph really led the way on how to care for each other, how to care for a community in a time when we're all supposed to be, you know, physically distant. Um, we didn't lose those social connections and those bonds around the kind of caring community Guelph is. And, and so, you know, that was a big part of the shift in my work. And then I would say here at Queens Park, I mean, Queens Park generally is a place that's full of people and energy and, yes. and you know, like none of that's happening here because it's just, you know, just MPPs and a few staff who are here. And I really miss having this building open to the public because it really is the public's building where the public's business gets done. And, and I, and I miss all the, the people and energy and events that, that happen in this place. And I cannot wait until um, it's more publicly accessible because it really is the people's building. hundred percent. And we're definitely, we're, we're working towards that. We're like, it's, I can taste it. We're so close. I have to say, I have to say, thank you so much for coming on Health in Guelph podcast. You know, one thing that makes you that so unique that I love is that you listen. And that's a trait that I think that many of us have, you know, dismissed. I can't say many of us, but like where I'm going is that it's a trait that not many people really learn to, because they want to speak all the time. You're a listener and you take what we want and you do so much with it and there's so much passion behind it there, your smile is so friendly like you're a very unique person and we're so lucky to have you represent us in such a way that we're so proud so thank you so much for being on the health and well podcast and how can people you know find out more about you how can they learn about the mental health uh the the policy you're pre presenting us like where can they find this all yeah. Well, first of all, man, I just thank you for those kind words. It, it means a lot to me. And felt like it was all jumbled there. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. No, no. I mean, sometimes people have told me I'm too nice to be successful in politics. And so I just want Guelph to prove to the world that, you know, nice people can be successful in politics. So that was very kind of you. And, 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 you know, I just want to say what an honor it is to be able to, you know, serve the community and uh, to obtain more information about like the services my office provides. Um, if you just, you know, Google MPP, Mike Schreiner, um, you'll have my phone number, my email, uh, my website. I do send a electronic newsletter out every week on Friday, giving people updates on, you know, what's happening at Queens Park and how they can access services and supports and events happening in the community. And then more on the partisan side of things, um, you can go to gpo.ca and uh, you can find our mental health strategy, our housing affordability strategy. We released a, uh, you know, ambitious yet doable climate action plan. 
uh, and you can get more information about just the way, you know, the, the comments I'm making on issues that are, you know, happening at Queens Park and in, in our province and in our community each and every day. So I would say reach out in, in those ways. And then as we're, we are going to have a provincial election in, in three months, and uh, I'm sure candidates from every single party will open campaign offices and conduct campaigns. And I would really encourage you to, you know, go into those offices and, you know, ask the candidates, including me, um, questions and, and, you know, tell them what you're concerned about. Um, because I think you're right. I, I think we need to have more listening in politics. And, and so um, I, I treasure those opportunities when I, when I can meet with constituents and businesses and organizations uh, and service providers in our community and really listen to their concerns and their needs and then be able to voice those at Queens Park. And I think that's important for, for anyone from any political party who wants to get involved in politics. I agree with you. Sometimes it's hard to know what to believe because then, because it's, again, there's a lot of back and forth and you just are like, you, you start losing trust and whatnot. So I appreciate you saying all that because again, at the end of the day, it is coming in and doing your due diligence and talking and asking the questions so that you can get the answers you need to, in order to make a decision. Thank you so much, Mike, for being on the Health and Wealth podcast. My pleasure. Take care, Amanda. Thank you for listening to the Health in Guelph podcast. This show would simply not exist without you. If you know somebody in the community who would be a great candidate to be on this show, send them my way and email me at amanda at relevenrise.com. And what keeps us going and staying on the forefront is liking, commenting, and subscribing. Please share this podcast so we can keep this community connected. Thank you, Guelph, and stay strong.